you're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Palladino, and I have a unique type of guest today, and you'll hear all about it. Unique in, um, she's a woman's health care uh, coach, and we will learn all about her today. Nicole Jardim is a certified women's health coach, writer, speaker, mentor, and author of Fix Your Period, Six Weeks to Banish Bloating, Conquer Cramps, Manage Moodiness, and Ignite Lasting Hormone Balance. What's this have to do with tongue tie? You'll hear all about it. Um, Nicole has developed educational offerings that empower women and people who menstruate to reclaim their hormone health using a method that combines evidence-based information with simplicity and sass. I love that. (laughs) And um, just so you know, Nicole also has a podcast called The Period Party, and I love that name. I love putting a great spin on periods, <laughs> and, I, um, and it's on. It's a top-rated podcast on Apple Podcasts, and she's the co-author of The Happy Balance, a recipe book with filled with over 80 hormone-balancing recipes, which is fantastic. Okay, Nicole, so you are here on the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. You're not you're not a mom of a baby with tongue tie. You're not a provider who takes care of babies with tongue tie. But we met on on Instagram of all things. And when I heard your story, I knew I had to have you on. So tell me why you think I had you on the podcast today. (laughs) I know. When I was thinking about coming on, I was just like, wow, this is going to be a very different type of episode. And Mm -hmm. um, for me, I... I did the thing that a lot of people apparently don't do, which is address my tongue and lip ties as an adult. (laughs) And um, I get why they don't do it because it's not the most fun experience, Mm -hmm. but um, it has been quite life-changing, even though I actually might need a revision. So we'll talk about that too. But yeah, yeah, it has been quite a remarkable experience for me over the last couple of months. Yeah. So there there is a growing body of uh, grown-ups who are having this procedure done, some doing it really um, for in the right way, as I would call it, like going through the process, the full you know, team approach process, and some just going and having it done quickly, just a snip and, and expecting things to be easy. And it, it's not always easy, the same with, with babies and adults. And you know, full disclaimer here, my expertise is in infants. But I thought it was very important for you to come and tell your story because I always have 
the question from people who reach out to me or from parents who bring their babies to my office, they want to know what could happen if their baby doesn't have, if the baby has a tongue tie and they don't take care of it, right? Oh, so, so you, yeah. you know, now I'm not, I don't ever want to say for sure that what you've experienced is what will happen. And myself, you know, I haven't told my story. I had a tongue tie release too. And um, I wished it was taken care of as a baby. We never want to do a procedure on a baby if symptoms aren't there as the baby, right? So, mm. so that. But it's really good to see and to hear the story of someone who has been through this and what and why. And, and, you know, the first question I wanted to ask you is, how did you discover that you had tethered oral tissues? What was your aha moment with it? So I'll take this back and start at the very beginning. And so basically what happened is my mom had me and she immediately had a really hard time breastfeeding. And I remember her telling me this over the years when I was a teenager, maybe, or something like that. And she had said that she didn't breastfeed me. And, and I had been asking questions about it because other people were talking about breastfeeding or something along those lines. And so she mm -hmm. said that she had a really hard time and that she and she didn't have any help either. There was really no one who was there to explain why this might be happening. It was just mm -hmm. a thing that happened apparently. And at that and point in time, there weren't a lot of breastfeeding people going, you know, there wasn't a lot of breastfeeding and there wasn't a lot of support for breastfeeding when you were so born, true. when I was born. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was 1979. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not right. a lot of people right. were breastfeeding. Very right. true. So um, kudos to your mom for even trying. She tried. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Not for long, but she did try. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think I think it maybe lasted a week or so. And she was telling me that her nipples were really sore. They were bleeding mm -hmm. and I wasn't Aww, getting enough food. Thing. And, you know, and mm -hmm. then like I also am from Antigua in the Caribbean. And oh, okay. um, so we're even less resourced there. So there really mm -hmm. was nothing for her. So, uh, she gave up and I took the bottle and it was great. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so that, that happened. And then I, you know, I had a lot of strange things that came up as a child that, uh, nobody really ever looked deeper into. And my sister never had any of these problems. She does not have any oral ties. Mm -hmm. And so Again, it was all just sort of chalked up to, you know, this is Nicole. <laughs> she, yeah. she seems to have problems. When you say problems, do you, do you mind being a little bit, like, specific yeah. about that? Like, was Glad it speech, speech concerns or? No. Weirdly, I had concerns. no speech concerns. So what happened is, um, I actually remember this too. I had a pacifier um, until I was about two and a half, maybe three and yeah, around two and a half, I think. And, um, I distinctly remember, uh, us doing a whole ritual where they were going to like throw the pacifier into the sea and I was no longer going to have the pacifier uh -oh. and I was a grown up now, big girl. Yeah. That whole yeah. thing. And yeah. I had a little so, birdie take it off my windowsill. So right, I'm still right, I know. That, I'm still looking for that little birdie who took my pacifier. <laughs> Truly, they didn't actually throw the thing away because they were a little worried that I might freak out. So, you know how it is. But I didn't freak out. I was good. But what my mom said is that I started biting my nails pretty much immediately after that. And so I've mm -hmm. asked her because as I've become gone more into this work, I've asked her about any kind of like traumatic event or any of those things that would have triggered the nail biting. And mm -hmm. she was like, no, there was nothing. And she never put 
put two and two together. But when I started right. working with a myofunctional therapist, she was like, oh, pacifier out, nail biting yeah. in. And so, yeah. and I get, never had occurred to me. So yeah. that started and you know, my grandmother, everybody tried everything for me to stop biting my nails. Like I was bribed. I was, you know, all kinds of things, mm -hmm. but nothing ever stopped it. And it just felt so compulsive. And I had friends who would bite their nails here and there, but they were always able to stop. And for me, it just was a really debilitating thing. And so that happened. And then I had chronic stomach issues. And again, mm -hmm. my sister did not have these problems at all. And so I, I distinctly remember as a little girl, like four, five, six, and then even on after that, um, every time I got nervous, I would throw up. And so there, and I constantly felt like I had a nervous stomach. I always mm -hmm. felt on edge. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I definitely had a bad temper as a kid. I, I remember being emotionally sort of right. not unstable, but like I, I could be emotionally sensitive. unstable pretty easily. Sensitive. Yeah. Sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so that was a thing too. Don't understand the connection. Um, what, what happens when you put your fingers in your mouth or when you have the pacifier on your palate, that actually calms the vagus nerve, which calms your whole body. So those of those people who have a high palate, tongue tie, aren't able to keep their tongue up to their palate and calm their vagus nerve down in that way, which is the natural way, and do things to substitute. So your nail biting, and I was the same. I always bit my nails, and oh, my really? mother tried everything. Yeah, yeah. I had the pacifier. I bit my nails. Um, my mom used to tell stories. She's passed now, but she used to tell stories that I would vomit across the room. I had such bad reflux. Oh and yeah, and they thought it was the formula. So they put me on whole cow's milk at three months old. Wasn't that nice of them? Pretty <laughs> right? sure that I might have, they might have done the same for me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. it's, it's kind of yeah. crazy when you think about it. So all of those things was little Nicole trying to soothe her system. Literally. And the emotions go along with that. Are you a professional that feels like you didn't learn enough about tongue tie in school, whether you're a lactation consultant, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a midwife, a doula, a doctor, a speech language pathologist, a chiropractor, PT, OT, dentist, etc. I don't mean to leave anyone out. Anyone who works with pregnant or breastfeeding families in any capacity who is curious about tongue tie is welcome in the Professional's Guide to Tongue Tie in the Breastfeeding Infant. What you'll learn, we have four modules, assessment, treatment plan, phrenotomy, and aftercare. So much great information, and it comes with a community. I didn't learn this in school, did you? Tongue tie treatment can be complex, and those who expect relief of symptoms with a quick snip or even a laser release even by an experienced provider, are usually disappointed. Join me to learn protocols that offer an organized and simplified plan to support families through decision-making, preparation, treatment plans, procedure if needed, and aftercare. Learn the teamwork model of care. Knowing why and which providers are necessary will make things easier for you and provide effective outcomes for your patients. Please sign up today. The link is in the show notes. 
but you can go to my website, tongtieexperts.net, go to the professional tab. And one last thing, since you listen to my podcast, you'll get 15% off just by using the coupon code podcast15. And the word podcast is all in caps. Can't wait to see you in the group. Take care. So it makes so much sense to me now as an adult who has an understanding of all of this. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, I would get on a plane and, you know, they would immediately get the bag out because there was just the, yeah, there was just the constant nervous system dysregulation Mm -hmm. for me, for sure. And the stomach problems. And I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, pooping onto like a paper plate so they could go do stool tests, fun times, all these issues that again, they weren't, they didn't seem really major, but they were little things that I distinctly remember coming up that my sister never really dealt with. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and yeah, it just was what it was. So yes, that was kind of what I remember about it. And then to speak to the rest of your question, um, I put two and two together as an adult, uh, because I just assumed that that tether was normal. Um, Mm -hmm. and that all of these really were normal. Um, and it wasn't until I saw a biological dentist, I saw one probably about started seeing one 10 years ago and it was Mm -hmm. because I had major gum recession Mm -hmm. and I've never had a cavity in my life. I've, you know, I don't, I don't have dental issues. So this was so shocking to me because they were saying to me, well, you have really deep pockets Mm -hmm. and there's definitely a lot of recession. And and so you know, the part of it was potential like oral microbiome dysbiosis, but mm-hmm. a, a big part of it was the teeth structural. grinding and yeah. yeah, the structural stuff exactly and yeah. the nervous system stuff. So I and so it was briefly mentioned to me, but they they didn't really focus on that for whatever reason. So then I saw another uh, dentist who point a number of years ago and he pointed it out. And so that Mm -hmm. was when I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And I did some research and then I found the dentist I ended up working with and Mm -hmm. he, uh, and he did a ton of, of, he, we had a whole in-depth session and lots of questions and he did a lot of measurements and things like that. And that was really (laughs) when I decided I needed to do something Mm -hmm. about this. And you didn't just, he didn't just release your tie. There were things you did to to um, prepare for it. And one of um, the way I feel is the older you are, the more you have to do to prepare. And sometimes that's not really what is going on in practice because people think, oh, it's easy for an adult. And it's not easy for, well, the procedure itself can be pretty quick, but the preparation is important. And I myself will say that I know I didn't, I didn't do as much as I would have done now, knowing what I know. I mean, I did some Mayo and I did some CST and I did some Cairo all the time. I live with, you know, my chiropractor is one of my best friends. I'm always getting Cairo. But (laughs) I wish I had done more myofunctional therapy before and after. And do you know how silly I was? I didn't even take a before picture under my tongue. What? Because I thought the myofunctional therapist took a picture of me and she didn't. And at the time, the dentist that I went to wasn't taking pictures unless you were part of a research project. So I don't even have any before and after pictures. But anyway, I digress. I like to tell my story, too, here and there. But it's so it's so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So you went you. So myofunctional therapy, for those who don't know, are specialized exercises by very trained professionals, either someone who is what's called COM or certified oral 
myofunctional therapist. I hope I'm getting that right. I always, I always get that confused. There's many initials. It could be a registered dental hygienist or a speech language pathologist who takes many more hours of education to learn how to, to do this and to guide you through exercises. Because as we know, this isn't just about releasing the tongue. It's getting the tongue to work again and getting the whole oral structure to adjust to where it's got to be. Right. That was what was so shocking to me is that I just didn't even realize what went into it because there was a dentist that said, oh yeah, you know, you just see your myofunctional or you just see a myofunctional therapist and then you get on with your life kind of thing. And it just felt, it didn't feel quite right. And Mm -hmm. so when I found this dentist, he, he works with an osteopath as well as a myofunctional therapist. So I, I did a combination of both and the osteopathic work was really what saved me in this particular situation, which I'll mm-hmm. get into. But um, that was a lot of preparation with him. Uh-huh. And then there was a lot of preparation with the my- myofunctional therapist. And so I feel like you, I could still mm-hmm. have done more. In fact, yeah, I wish I yeah. had. You do the best yeah. you can, right? I, but this is it, right? Mm-hmm. I know. And so then, as you know, I ended up getting COVID the week before Crazy. I was supposed to get my, have the procedure done. Right. And so I was just, I was so bummed because mm-hmm. I had been preparing for so long and it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of scheduling and finagling with three different practitioners to really get the timing right. And so in the end, I did the procedure two weeks after being diagnosed with COVID, even though I had, you know, so it was like really a week after COVID had ended for the most part, Uh I was not prepared. And I really, I, 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 that's my biggest regret is that we didn't wait longer because nobody had really any idea that it would have such an impact on me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was clearly so inflamed. And so Mm -hmm. my post-surgery situation was not great. And then, of course, I subsequently looked up the research to see if there was a problem with getting surgery right after having COVID. And there is. There's not a ton of research, but there's also a ton of anecdotal reports of people having a a hard time recovering. So that was one of my my issues. That was unfortunate. And, you know, not to get into a COVID discussion, but the inflammation is is real and more than we, I think, anticipated it would be. more than, I mean, we know that if you get a viral infection like mono, you know, it, there's inflammation that continues in your body. But this seems right. to be a particular type of inflammation that can last. <laughs> and I do know I had a family member that was going to have an elective surgery. And the surgeon, surgeon said to her, if you're going to have this, you have to make sure you're not exposed to COVID before. And we won't do it within three months of COVID. So people are starting to realize sense. that. Yeah, which is amazing. And I'm so glad about that. But my dentist and my osteopath and my myofunctional therapist, none of them had had this experience yet. So I was there first. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, like you live and learn. And then also I should add into, I know you know this, Lisa, but I also had an appendix that was not doing so great, which I did not know about until about four weeks ago when I had like had to have emergency surgery to have it removed. And so I've, you know, I've felt that sort of lower right quadrant pain on and off for quite a long time now. So Uh my sense is that 
there's been a latent infection that has been wreaking havoc in my whole abdominal area and, and subsequently throughout my body and, and creating a, a ton of inflammation. So I feel like right. that played a role in it as well, because it was funny, like during that COVID experience, I did have you know abdominal pain as well, even though I, I know it affects the gut. So I felt like it was right. just sort of a combination of things that happened right. that right. created yeah, this. Yeah. I had belly pain when I had COVID too. It was like, yeah, I didn't even have the headache that most people have, but I had stomach that's interesting. Yeah. So enough yeah, about COVID. That works. I know. So you had like the trifecta. You had you had COVID, then you had the release, and then you had appendicitis. What was the timeline yeah. between the, the release and the appendicitis attack? So the release, so I had COVID like two weeks before the release. The release happened on June 10th, and then I, you know, had a, a long recovery which I can totally get into. I should also yeah. talk about the symptoms I had as an adult too. I feel yeah, like yeah, if absolutely. that's helpful for people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then I had the appendicitis was four weeks ago. So it oh, was, okay. the, yeah, it was like the 10th of September. Weirdly. Right. Yeah. So like right. three months so after you, the surgery. Wow. So, so, yeah. so yeah, you, you mentioned the receding gums, which is definitely something structurally that happens in the mouth. Um, yes. Were there other symptoms that you were, weren't aware were related to the, ties that that happened yes. as an adult that when you started researching light bulbs went off for you <laughs> completely I was like oh this all makes sense well first mm-hmm. of all I knew that I had a double MTHFR mutation okay. that had been causing problems for me for a long time so when I discovered that there were a lot of light bulbs that went off and it made sense mm-hmm. because with both of my parents my mom has an autoimmune disease my dad had some stuff going on. So there, it all kind of came together there. And, and then subsequently I've realized that there's, you know, there's a connection with MTHFR and tongue tie and, and yeah. to some degree. Yeah, you, know, you think I you're, have not, to, not, you're not fully convinced? Yeah, I'm not. Here's why I'm not full. First of all, there may be a connection, but I don't know that there's enough research. It's, it's an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a possibility. I think more with the autoimmune. Um, right. But I know just from my own family that we don't mm-hmm. have it, and myself and my two daughters have tongue tie. So, and they right. don't have the MTHF mutation. So, right, it's not the, it, like I don't want to hang my hat on that as the only thing. And for those who oh, don't know totally. what MTHFR mutation is, don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Seriously, it's a whole other that's thing. Another rabbit hole. Yes, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not yes. completely convinced. But it's an interesting thing to think about. So thank you for bringing Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, it seemed like it, it made sense, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think by any means that it is the, the only thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I had obviously the, the dental issues happening. I was definitely grinding my teeth for sure. Mm-hmm. I had just chronic and that started in my teen years and really just got progressively worse. The chronic neck and shoulder pain and mm-hmm. upper back pain. Um, I start as the years have gone on, like in my thirties, I started to notice I had like a lot of pain right in the front hair as well too. Mm -hmm. And then just the chronic, again, nervous system issues that I, you know, I couldn't quite, I didn't feel like I could quite get my nervous system under control, Mm -hmm. even though I'm a women's health coach. I do this for a living. Like this is my work. Right. Exactly. You know, that's important to note. I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming that you're someone that's not eating the standard American diet, living an anti-inflammatory life, staying away from toxins whenever you can. You know about sleep, you know about exercise. So it's, 
you've done all the things and you still had symptoms. Can I ask you about your yeah. sleep? Do you mind me yes. asking if you were snoring? If you Yes. If you, so that was what I was going to say is yeah. that I was definitely mouth breathing um, mm. and it was getting progressively worse through my 30s. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was definitely snoring as well. I never felt like I had a good night's sleep. Like I never woke up ready to jump out of bed. (laughs) I don't know that that's happened to me in a long time. And just so fatigue after even a good night's sleep. Um, and, uh, there were a few other things I had. Yeah. I had chronic pain in like one of the teeth down here on the bottom Mm -hmm. left. And, uh, and it was that same dentist a few years ago who pointed out the ties who Mm -hmm. said, well, it's likely what's happening here is there's a lot of, a lot of friction with this particular tooth. And I mean, that's gone completely, which is amazing. And I'll get into that, but there were really specific issues I felt were just, you know, I have, I'm one of those people in the conversation I had with my osteopath about this. And he said, that's how he got into this work was because he had these patients who were not getting better no matter what he was doing. And that's been my ongoing saga. I am sure I have spent 50 grand over the course of my life on chiropractors and all kinds of, um, like techniques and different practitioners and everything imaginable to address my chronic pain and nothing has really stuck, I suppose you could say. Yeah. So it's, I like that you said that your, um, osteopath came to this work because of that, because when I tell my origin story with tongue tie and breastfeeding, that's very similar to what I say that there were some babies that I couldn't help with all my lactation tricks. And, you know, all of a sudden I was seeing so many babies that no matter what I did, I couldn't help them to breastfeed comfortably or efficiently. And I was like, something's got to be up here. And as a midwife, you know, first do no harm. I'm non-interventionist completely. Mm -hmm. So I had a hard time wrapping my head around that something had to be done to this little baby to do this yeah. thing that he was born to do, right? So it was a, it was a little bit of um, a heart struggle for me. But then I saw it work and, you know, no going back. But <laughs> so it's interesting that you said that about your provider because I think there's a lot of us in this field, same, you know, that are like, oh, what is that thing they're talking about? And then realizing that there's something you're missing and getting more education, you know? Agreed. I, f- yeah. I mean, I, I think the same thing too. That's been the same in women's health for me. Why right. is this happening to this many women and they're right. not seeing improvements? Like what's right. the next step here? What is the underlying, the deeper, exactly. deeper cause? Exactly. So yes. Always yeah. asking why. Exactly. Always yeah. asking why. Anno- annoyingly inquisitive is what I've yes. been told. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we, we, would, we would get along good, Nicole, because I've been told that I when I worked so. at the hospital, I was told I was too passionate about my work. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? Are you right? kidding? Like, that's right? what we need. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way this is going to change. The that's the only way down. you see change. It the, totally the world is. is I could not down, but here we are, and we're making progress, yes. and we're helping people by this conversation. So, so you had the release and it was very traumatic. And I say that because I followed you. I saw your posts on Instagram about it. And that's when I reached out to you because I was like, Oh my goodness, poor Nicole, this is so traumatic and it shouldn't be this traumatic. So, um, I think that in retrospect, it was very traumatic because a lot to do with the COVID inflammation 
right? I would think so. Yeah, that's yeah. my sense. Yeah. Um, my osteopath is probably, he's assisted in probably six or 700 of these at this mm-hmm. point. And he said, he's like, Nicole, you're my first. Yeah. <laughs> Who's having yeah, I mean, all these You problems. had a lot of bleeding, which I don't. I did have a lot of bleeding, stay. which makes sense with yeah. the COVID, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it does all make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like I was really prepared in terms of, you know, the, of working with him. And then also the myofunctional therapy, uh, was tremendously helpful as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and this dentist, I, you know, they work together. So the osteopath actually is in the room with us and is guiding the process, which is so amazing. So he's got his hands all over my back and shoulders and all these places and can feel the tension dropping out. And I mean, Mm -hmm. the surgery was amazing. I I couldn't believe it. There was definitely a lot of lidocaine used, but apparently, (laughs) you know, I feel things. So Yeah. yeah, but it really was amazing. I, that was truly remarkable to experience that like just that those muscle releases that muscle Mm -hmm. tension release I'd Mm -hmm. never experienced anything like that in my adult life and so to experience that was so cool and then getting up off of the chair and just feeling I just felt like I you saw my video I was so loosey-goosey it was the craziest thing I really could not believe it and I have never felt like that even after the most amazing body work session that I've ever done so this was very much felt like a game changer and um and then the recovery process started (laughs) and that was really hard I just I felt like like you told me that you know you tend to see reattachment happen in in chronic inflammatory situations Uh which which made a lot of sense to me I'd also I mean I won't lie I mean I'd definitely been really stressed for the first half of the year there's a lot going on in my work and so I recognize how my own lifestyle contributed to that too. But even Mm -hmm. so it just didn't, it didn't seem like it matched compared to what my doctor was saying to me. And then, and now I look back at the appendix situation and I'm pretty sure that that was a big contributor as well, because after the appendectomy, I felt like how I should feel because of the amount of amazing things I do for my health (laughs) on a daily basis. And so I finally started to feel like I know I should feel and haven't felt for a really long time. So it was one of those combination things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through so much, but your journey seems to be worth it. I think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of Would you recommend, like, even though you had like one of the hardest experiences, you had a lot of pain, you had a lot of bleeding, you had a lot of inflammation, would you recommend this? journey to other results. Yeah. I yeah. really would, even though it was so hard. And right. I, you know, the reason I, I say this is because I distinctly remember, you know, a, a day later waking up without any neck pain or back pain for the first time in, I don't know, a decade longer. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely even sure my whole life. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool. And I was still on medication, of course. So I recognize that, but even mm-hmm. three weeks later, I still felt how I was feeling in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so that was amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And so what is, you know, subsequently happened, there have been some slight reattachments in the upper and the lower uh, lip. Um, And there was, now there's like a little bit of a tie on the left side of my tongue that just was not there before at all. Uh It showed up post-surgery. So there have been a few things that have shown up, 
but it, I still feel like I got like a 50 to 60% improvement in pretty much everything. And That's so great. I will likely go back and do redo the tongue and see how I do with that. And then uh-huh. maybe the, the two lips, we'll see how we go, but yeah. I'll start with the tongue and go from there. But I mean, <laughs> My back pain is definitely, my back and neck pain has definitely changed quite dramatically. I mean, sometimes like it's not great, but it likely has to do with other things in life too. Uh Um, I completely stopped biting my nails. Like I have nails. That's amazing. (laughs) That's That's like crazy to me. Yeah. And I really can't get that. Did that get better just with the myofunctional therapy even before you had the release? It didn't. I had the release done and I have, you know, I've like here and there. I'm like, oh yeah, that thing. I used to do this thing. So once in a while I'll like go to bite a nail. Um, but it is from the release onwards. I just haven't done it. It was just like magic. It was And your tongue is up. Your nose breathing now. So I'm nose breathing. That's what's so amazing is going to sleep. Like my tongue is, (laughs) you know, touching the roof Mm -hmm. of my mouth Mm -hmm. and I'm sleeping with my mouth closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's Isn't also that incredible to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the weirdest thing because it's things you don't even realize are a problem or yeah. are so problematic that now don't even happen anymore. The teeth right. grinding is gone completely. That pain that was just chronic in that tooth, I didn't know what I was going to do about that tooth. It's right. completely gone. I do not experience any tooth pain anymore. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, the nose breathing, no mouth breathing, no snoring. <laughs> at least not that I know of. Um, (laughs) I feel like I definitely get deeper sleep. I use an aura ring. (laughs) So it tells Uh me, you know, what's different. Um, Uh And other things too, like pelvic floor tension that was just Uh completely released after the surgery, which I found to be really remarkable too. That is so Um, cool. Because everything is attached. And like, I like to say to parents... You know, when they say to me, why do I have to go to a physical therapist or an osteopath or whatever for my baby if it's in the mouth? And I say, well, if there's tightness somewhere, there's tightness everywhere because everything's connected, right? So the same with an adult and even more dramatically, you know? So, yeah, to me, um, the body work portion, like I love cranial sacral therapy, which um, has saved me. And um, I see miraculous things on babies. Sometimes it's not the only thing needed, but it right. does it does sh- literally shift things for people. So, so yeah. I think that um, your story is definitely valuable, and I so appreciate that you've shared it with us because I think it's important to look at this from all perspectives. And you have a unique perspective, but a perspective that I have a feeling that there's people in my audience that are going to be raising their hands and saying, me too, I did this too, or maybe looking at their own symptoms and life and saying, maybe this is me too, you know, and figuring out what to do about it. So, um, yeah. And the, and the first stop is not a dentist. The first stop is, I would say a myofunctional therapist. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I went to this dentist first and he Mm -hmm. works with this team. So he was like, I'm definitely not the first person you need to talk to. I'm going to do all of these measurements on you and I'm going to tell you what I think. And then I'm going to tell you, you need to go and book an appointment with the osteopath and the myofunctional therapist right away and get started there. And Mm -hmm. it is incredible to see how they all work together. And it's very reassuring because I feel like this can be very overwhelming. It's very daunting. Um, And there's just a lot. There's a lot of moving parts. You know, there's the myofunctional Mm -hmm. and you have to keep up on those exercises and those appointments and then working, doing the body work 
side of things as well is a lot. And for someone yeah. who has to travel, because my osteopath is an hour away, so is a dentist, uh-huh. and the myofunctional therapist is about 40 minutes away. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a mission. I understand <laughs> that it's a lot for people, but... I truly can't get over the difference. Like my nervous system changes as well. I feel like I'm just so much calmer. And that's like one of the biggest things I've I've noticed as well. It's funny, I had jaw pain the other day. I wasn't entirely sure what was causing it. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I like maybe I did grind my teeth or something, but it has you know, that's the first time maybe in four months that I've had this pain. And I was like, gosh, I used to have this so often. Yeah. I'd forgotten what it was like and because it, it hurts. And, you know, so these things that it's funny how you, when you don't have symptoms anymore, how much you just forget that they were yeah, a problem until absolutely. they pop up or yeah. you're reminded. So yeah. I feel like for anyone who is struggling with any of the symptoms I just described, and so many women particularly have said to me, man, I have just, I have spent so much money on chiropractors and massage therapists and all kinds of things over the years and never really gotten the relief I am told I should be getting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's prompted them to look into this. And yeah. I've, you know, it's funny com- communicating with so many people on Instagram, like you and I talked. Uh, mm-hmm. How many of them were inspired by my journey to go and look into this and actually get the right. release and have had major, Beautiful. majorly amazing results. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the other thing that you said about you don't realize the symptoms are better. I like to make a list. And this is what I advise for anyone, whether you're whatever age you're on, you, you are when you're going through this journey is make a list as you listed out for me today, the symptoms you had before. And then keep that list with you and see what happens after the release. If the symptoms go away and they don't come back, even if it looks like reattachment, it's not re- it's, it's a functional this diagnosis. So if it looks like there's frenum in your mouth, but everything's still working well, then there's no ties anymore, right? So I, I'm not right. talking about your situation. I'm just talking in general. Um, yeah. So keeping a, a close watch because nobody ever says they feel better. Right. Like (laughs) like I do in my health, in my women's health practice, I do a medical symptoms questionnaire with numbers because you see the numbers go down. But if you say to someone, how do you feel? Do you feel better? They're like, eh. And then when you show them the numbers and you say, well, you scored a 50 before and now you're scoring a four. Look, and then they're, they're like, wow, I really do feel better. I'm like, yeah, remember you said this hurt and that hurt and now it doesn't. So you don't realize how much you improve. Until you look at how bad you felt before. It's <laughs> a really good point. I know yeah. comparison yeah. of the two is so huge and really powerful. <laughs> I agree. And the other point that I want to bring out before we say goodbye is when you sent me your bio and your information to be on the, on the podcast, there was one statement that, that just jumped out at me and I thought was perfect because it's exactly what we both believe in as practitioners and what you did for yourself. So it's outsourcing your health to someone else hardly ever works. You must be educated to be empowered in your health journey. And yeah. again, thank you for putting that into words because to me that embodies what your journey has been. You took this on. You didn't depend on anyone else. You put it together for yourself. You did the journey, and now you're reaping the benefits. So congratulations on that. Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much. I mean, I truly believe that. I feel like there's nobody that's going to fix us. I know we'd love to believe that. I would right. I would love someone to come save me, truly, from mm-hmm. all my health problems. But it's just, 
it doesn't happen. At least I right. haven't seen it happen very often. Right. And, and so I think it is truly our responsibility, particularly as women, because our, our, our problems tend to be dismissed mm-hmm. uh, more so than men's. And it's, it really does become our responsibility to really dig deep and figure out what's going on. And, and that's scary and overwhelming because you've like already got a million responsibilities and jobs in your life currently. And so taking this on is no easy feat and it's not for the faint of heart, but Mm -hmm. the, the results can be life changing. Yes. Yes. And I know that that's the type of advice you give in your teachings and in your podcast and in your books. So I will definitely include the links below to anything we've mentioned, your, your book, your podcast, whatever you want me to share. So if anybody wants to find Nicole, but what's your, do you have just a, a website that we can tell people in case they're not reading and they're just listening when they're driving and they want to remember yeah. the easiest way to find you? Easiest way is just my name. It's NicoleJardim.com. I tried to keep it okay, simple. Great. And um, yeah, you can find my blog on there, the podcast. You can find my book on there. You can find uh, my courses, pretty much everything. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. So thank you, Nicole, for spending the time with us today. And thank you for the work you do for women. Thank I you, really Lisa. appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And likewise, thank you <laughs> okay. for all this incredible work that you do as well. <laughs> You're changing so many lives. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. Check out the show notes for useful links about the topics we discussed and for ways to follow us on social media. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.